0: Good morning. We are grateful that you are here this morning and the chance to worship together. It's not too often that you get to preach through a winter storm advisory, especially when it's sunny outside and looks so nice, and we'd rather be out enjoying the sunshine, but knowing that uh, there may be some bad weather headed our way, we hope hope that you are careful, and we're thankful that you are are here this morning. As you see on the screen here, if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and be turning to Jeremiah chapter 6, and we'll begin there in just a moment. We're thankful to Travis for... Uh, His leading our minds in the the Lord's Supper this morning, we're thankful to uh, Bob for, as he always does, carefully and beautifully wording our prayer, and for Don and his leading us in our singing this morning. And we're thankful for the chance to worship God together, first and foremost, but also to enjoy some time of fellowship today. And hope that you can be a part of any of all of the services that are taking place. As was mentioned, we are missing several of our, our older, younger folks. Some of the high school kids and uh, college-age kids. And Heath and Brian have been out in Savannah, Tennessee, at Evangelism University, learning more about evangelism and reaching out to those who are lost Uh, They should be finishing up their worship service here in the next little bit this morning. Uh, They're actually in that right now as well, and then they'll be headed back this way. So as was mentioned, we hope that they have safe travel. You know, over the course of five and a half years now, I don't think that I have ever intentionally, at least, repeated a sermon You know, it's kind of a joke among preachers sometimes. You wonder what the statute of limitations is, as we say, right, before anybody recognizes. I've always wanted to do an informal survey and ask somebody, you know, if you preach something in year one of your ministry, can you come back in year two and and tell if anybody actually notices that you preached that before? Now, many of you take good notes. You like to follow along. Maybe you have your own notebook, and sometimes that's the case where uh, something is done or said. Uh, that Judy Corbin, uh, a few months ago, maybe in the middle of last year, uh, on a Wednesday night class, said, I think you've talked about that before, and I went back through my notebook and you know found where maybe we had preached on it before, but then we covered the same kind of thing in class or something like that. Um, I have heard the old preacher's tale. Uh, the story of whether or not it's true may it never be known, um, but of the preacher who preached a sermon on Sunday morning, and turned around and preached the exact same sermon on Sunday night, and nobody said a word to him. You know, and maybe you're one of those people like me. You'd be afraid to. You think maybe he's losing it. Uh, maybe he doesn't know what he said this morning. But, uh, but he said nobody said anything to him. So I sometimes wonder if that's the case. But what I'd like for us to do this morning is visit uh, one of the first sermons that I preached here. Um, and I was thinking, number one, many of you weren't even here. Uh, some of you were not attending here. Some of you hadn't maybe moved in place. membership at the congregation and in fact even Charles. Charles was away on his honeymoon. He didn't even hear this one live before when I first preached it. Then I was thinking that the rest of you probably don't remember when that long ago and how long it had been. But then Hannah reminded me that because it was the day that we actually tried out here she said I didn't hear a word either. I was too nervous about keeping the kids quiet and in the pew and doing the right thing that that she never even heard it before. So I think I, I think I'm okay. I think I'm clear. But it's one that I had done previously. I don't remember. Maybe it was at a youth day or some type of lectureship. Uh, and I remember wanting to use it here because it's, it's a favorite of mine. that has become a favorite. I've not done it, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine times before. But, but it's one that I enjoy because thinking about it, when I first put it together, it applied then. Five years later, it applies now. And God be willing, if we're here for five or ten more years on this earth, then it would be applicable then to whoever could hear it. And the message is very simply from Jeremiah chapter six and verse sixteen. The words, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. The idea of seeking the old paths is something that you may have heard before, and think I in fact I believe it's been a, a title. of a a bulletin or of maybe a newsletter that preachers would put out it's probably been the title of lectureships before it's maybe even been the series a, a theme for a congregation but the idea of seeking the old paths and if I'm looking at the 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 seats right now as I look at you probably three quarters and certainly to the back half of the auditorium say amen brother we need to seek the old paths and then at least certainly maybe the little small little corner up here says wait a minute what do you mean old you know we don't like old things we want new things we just went through the season of giving and and receiving gifts and Christmas where we get new stuff right we don't open up presents that are a bunch of old things that were already around the house we get new things so what do you mean when you say that we need to go after and seek the old paths The question though becomes does old equal bad you see that's sometimes what we say right when we think of old we think of maybe gray we think of frail we think of fragile and that's what we think of when we think of the old paths or old things but does old actually equal bad now it certainly means that sometimes things get older and maybe they don't work as well as they should You see, we're going to shock the front few pews up here this morning, but we're going to remind them, as many of you know, that if you used to have to write something out or write a paper for school, you had to use something that looks like this. That maybe doesn't work as well as it once did, you know, that we don't use something like that now. We would look at that and then the younger people would say, that looks old. You know, I don't know what that is, even for some of them. Or many of you remember being the kid in your family who was designated to go turn the TV if you wanted to change the channel. And they say, that is not only old, but that's really small. You know, I don't even, I don't even sure what that does. And of course, we know they would be befuddled by this piece of equipment. Because old is something that might not work like things today you didn't use your thumbs as we sometimes do but you would use your finger to turn the dial and to dial a number and they say that seems really old and it seems like it wouldn't work as well and if you're telling me this morning that we need to seek the old paths then that is something that is bad right old is bad I only want things that are new if you opened up something as a gift Uh, A few weeks ago at Christmas or at your birthday and it had dust on it and it seemed really old, we would not be excited about that. We would say, boy, that sure seems old and it is not something that I would like. But maybe the case is, is that old does not equal bad. In fact, many of you know there is quite the market, right, for things that are old. You may have a dresser in your bedroom or an old TV stand, as we say, or an old record. And if you took it to a certain place... And you tried to sell it, you might fetch far more money than you could ever imagine because it's quote unquote old. I'll never forget when Hannah and I were first dating or got married that we were here in, in Dunlap for the world's longest yard sale that takes place every year towards the end of the summer, and I went around and I thought this would be great i 'll find all kinds of things until I realized that everyone at most of those stations there in their tents thought that everything they had that was old was really worth something it wasn 't bad, and they would want to charge you more. I was looking for some little video games, and I found one that i 'd played as a kid, and I thought that 'd be really fun to have and I took it up to the guy, and he wanted you know like fifty dollars for it. I was like I mean thing 's probably not worth two dollars, but but he thought it was worth something just because it was old doesn't mean that it was bad. In fact, we have, and we want to look at together this morning, both some real-life examples and some biblical examples. Some of you may be familiar with the picture on the screen here. About 114, 115 years ago, the American Tobacco Company put out a set of of baseball cards, right? Early-stage baseball cards. And in particular, this one has a, a player for the Pittsburgh Pirates by the name of Johannes Peter Wagner. If you're a baseball fan, you know him as Honus Wagner. He was one of the first five people elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame when they started the Baseball Hall of Fame. He's considered by many to be the greatest shortstop ever in the game of baseball. And that is a really old baseball card in fact it's if there if somebody has a copy of one you can see there then then he it's in this plastic you know it's got to be contained there weren't very many of them made you can see there the advertisement for cigarettes on it and people were unsure of whether honus wagner didn't want to uh, his picture to be associated with that or not but there weren't very many of them and as you know when that kind of thing happens then old does not equal Bad old equals good because just about a year and a half ago that card fetched 7.25 million dollars as I understand it in in an auction so yes it's small yes it's old but that does not mean that it is bad we can agree that it's old but we can also agree that old sometimes can be good and guess what the Bible says the same thing as well In Romans chapter 15 and verse number four, Paul would write to them and encourage them for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now, if you can make it out there, there's an important word in the middle, aforetime. Things that were written in the past, things that are old. Those things that were written aforetime, that were written from from the past, that were written of old, are written for our learning. And you see at the end of the verse then that Paul says that we might have hope. The old things are not bad. In fact, we can look back at them and take comfort and learn from them, and that gives us hope. We'll talk more about that in just a moment towards the end of the lesson, but we can have hope because of those things that are so-called old. Not only there, but in a parallel passage, this time to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11, Paul would say, and again, a very similar way, now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. And you see the same circle and arrow that we can draw here. Those things that were old, those examples were written for our admonition. We're thankful to God for his word and that we don't have to walk around this life wondering what to do, not knowing his will for us, not understanding how to have relationships and how to be obedient to him. We have these examples. We have these things that were written aforetime that we might have hope and certainly for our admonition. Does old equal bad? Well, in this case, it does not. If you have a Honus Wagner baseball card, you can have seven million dollars in your pocket if you have a bible in front of you or in your possession then you can look back at what is old and you can take comfort remember here as we're making this application to jeremiah we would call jeremiah old why because he's in the old testament but jeremiah is writing later in you know the history of the world that there were even other things seeking the old paths and again we'll come back to that in just a moment Old does not always equal bad. But here's the other side of that. New does not always equal good, right? New does not always mean something is perfect or great. In fact, in the year 2016, the Samsung company released a now infamous phone, which was called a Galaxy Note 7. The question is, who doesn't want a new phone, right? I'm in need of one now. My screen is cracked and I I need to go find me a new one. But if somebody walked up and they said, here's you, a new phone, we would say, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. Who doesn't love a new phone? Well, I don't if it's going to catch fire in my pants pocket and burn a hole in my pants or on my leg which happened to some people. I think it even stopped an airplane or at least stopped an airplane from taking off because there was a small fire inside the cabin because somebody was trying to turn their phone off and it caught fire, started overheating. You see, new does not always equal good when it's got problems. Sometimes we have new things and they don't work the way that old things used to, right? Again, some of you know, you've got things in your own home, Maybe you were forced finally to have to buy a new car, which doesn't work as well as your old car once did. See, new things seem great, but that doesn't always equal good. And guess what? The Bible says the same thing as well. In Acts chapter 17, verses 16 through 21, we see that Paul is entering the city of Athens, and he's going to the place where all the people are. As Paul would often do, he would enter the city and he would go to the synagogue or, or he would end up certainly at a place where there were groups of people. He wouldn't hide, he wouldn't come, and he would just stay away from everyone. He would be seeking out those who needed to hear about Jesus the Christ. And here in this particular phrase in the middle of this section, it says that as he went to Mars Hill, the Areopagus, to preach or to see what was going on, all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. As you see it there at the bottom of the screen, some new thing. But I get the sense, and I think you might too as you read that, that doesn't really mean something good. In fact, if you just read it through, it seems like he's talking about gossip, or it seems like he's talking about the latest and the greatest. I know that probably most of the world's problems have been solved at a hearty's by a bunch of old men sitting around for breakfast every morning, right? It happens in Saudi Daisy. It happens all around the South, and we kind of joke about it. But sometimes people sit around, and all they do is tell the latest and the greatest. I won't be just mean to the men, right? If you've ever talked about visiting the hair salon, sometimes all the women in the world figure out all the world's problems, right? They talk about the latest and the greatest and the new thing. It's common. It's something that we all do, again, being facetious and picking on both sides there, we all tend sometimes to tell what we know that that's the latest and the greatest thing. The new is not always good. There's nothing wrong with sharing news or information, but if we are just gossiping or just sort of telling what we know, then maybe that's something that is not something that we should be after. When we talk about seeking the old paths and trying to understand whether old is good or bad, whether new is good or bad, what we can understand this morning is that what Jeremiah is saying is that seeking the old paths means to find the good or the right way. We've already noticed both from real world examples and also from biblical examples that nothing is cut and dry just because it's old or it's new doesn't mean that it's great or terrible. What it does mean when Jeremiah is talking here, when the Lord says this, as he's recording the words of the Lord, that you need to find the good or the right way. Now, the good news, as is the case with most things in scripture, is this is not the only time that this is discussed, right? There are other passages, Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12, and also again in chapter 16 and verse 25, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. You know as well as I do that if we were to go up and down the road here, if we were to go throughout the south or even our country or the world, we would have a host of ideas about what is good or what is right and the truth is is that when it comes down to a man it's going to be different there is a way that seems right to me there is a way that seems right to you we sometimes joke about the fact that husbands and wives usually disagree on the way to do something sometimes I know that may not be sinful and just because of the particular situation but there is a way that seems right to a man to a person But often when we do what we think is right, the end of the way is death. Or as the psalmist says in Psalm 119 and verse 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That is what we should be seeking. Not what I want, not what I think is best, but what God has said, what his word has said to do. There is a good and a right way. Or as one of my favorite verses, I used to sort of have it by my computer when I I worked in the secular field. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord, not in yourself, but trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Not lean upon yourself, not trust in yourself. Not understand that you can do, not guide yourself, but thy word is a lamp unto my feet. In you I will trust, to you I will lean, and you can direct my paths. We should be saying to God. When we hear these words when we think about seeking the old paths, it means that we need to find the good way or the right way. If you're following along in your bulletin, there's a ne- the next section. Another way to say it, maybe, is to say that we need to get back to the basics or go back to basics. Sometimes that's what we need to do. Sometimes our problem is, is that we think we've got it all figured out. We've figured out some, some new way to do it, but maybe we just need to go back to the basics. Again, not that the old way is the perfect way, but getting back to the fundamentals, as we sometimes say. In fact, it's said that way in Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse, excuse me, 32 and verse number 7. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father and he will show thee thy elders and they will tell thee. Asking older people what to do, what they have tried, what worked for them, what didn't work for them. Seeking the old paths means going back to the basics, considering the years of many generations. Unfortunately, what happens is, as we grow older and older, when sometimes the new and younger folks think, well, that old way is simply bad. If it means old, it doesn't work very well, and so we need to figure something new out, and we're not going to dare ask anyone older than us for their idea or what worked for them, and then sometimes more and more problems ensue. We need to strive sometimes in our lives to go back to the fundamentals, back to the basics, both in a, a very real way of living, <clears throat> in our real world examples, but certainly also spiritually. I don't want to go too far down that side and that thought, but, but how often when a, a group of people, a congregation or a church decides to change something, they say, you know, we've been rethinking things. We've thought about a new way of looking at this. We've thought about a new way of interpreting Scripture and maybe thinking of what this said instead of going back to the basics and back to the Word of God. Now, you you may be with me. You may be right there and and amening in your head and saying that's true, that's right, but we need to say something else that seems very, very obvious, and that is that if we're to seek the old paths, and that means to find the right or the good way that means that there is a good way. It means that there is a right or good way. I know, it's very obvious, right? You say, I got that. Everybody in the world should understand that. But the problem is, not everybody in the world understands that. How do we know? Well, they don't practice that. They don't live that way. There's a, a really big word that's sometimes used that we think of. It's called postmodernism. You know, I think it's fallen out of favor a little bit, maybe. I don't hear it so much or, or read it so much in things that I'm reading or hear it so much maybe on social media or the internet. But for a, long, for a while, at least, there was a, this big word, postmodernism, which essentially says that what's right for you is right for you, and what's right for me is what's right for me. That there is no right way. There is no singular, <clears throat> excuse me, no singular good or right way, but it's up to the individual. We see that borne out with a lot of other phrases that we sometimes hear in this lifetime. Something, someone says, well, you need to have fun while you can. What does that entail? What does that mean? Well, what do you want to do? What's fun to you? Whatever it is, go ahead and do it. Somebody else says, as we said a moment ago, what's right for you is what's right for you. If you want to have fun, then you do that, and who am I to tell you that you're wrong? You know, who am I to tell you that that's, that's sinful? Because it's up to you. You need to have fun while you can. You need to do whatever feels good. Another phrase that's sometimes used here is love is love. Now, that's going to deal more with sexuality and homosexuality and that kind of thing, but they say love is love. I've always said, what does that even mean, right? (laughs) What what does love is love mean? You you can't define the word by using the word. We, We need to understand it. The word of God says that not love is love, but God is love. And we learn about God from his word. There's all kinds of ways and and trails that we could chase here from this point in this lesson. But we're trying to understand that the world wants to say, you can't tell me I'm wrong. It's what I want to do. So it is worth a few moments of the sermon and a lesson such as this to say that to seek the old paths means that we need to find the good way, that we need to find the right way, because there is a right or good way and you're either on it you're either following it or you're not the world doesn't want to be told that there is a standard that there is something that is right which means that other things outside of that are wrong but it's true and i'll share with you one more time let's think about some real world examples We, of course, have spent many years now, I've spent many years traveling back and forth across this mountain to services here or to Amnicola, and there's a sign on the side of the road, and it changes, of course, when you get to different sections of the highway. But on the road, that sign says that there's a standard. And if I get to going over that standard, and there are blue lights behind me that pull me over, I don't get to say, well, sir, it's right for me. I just wanted to have a little fun. Because I thought, in my opinion, you know, this road, I can see about three miles dead ahead. It's straight. You know, I I can see anything that's coming. I can see if anybody's in my way. I really think, sir, I ought to be allowed to go 85. You know, I mean, but through this stretch, at least, that's my thought. It doesn't really matter to me what you say. And, of course, he's going to say, it doesn't really matter what you say, right? I'm going to need you to take this ticket. At some point, I may need you to get in the back of my car. I don't know how far you want to push it. But it seems a little silly, but this is what people will do with not only sometimes the law here, the law of the land of this earth and this country, but with God's law. I know that's what God said, but it just seems too stringent to me. I think it ought to be different. There is a standard in this life, and there is a standard on the road. We think as well sometimes about other things and other examples in this life. Uh, Right now, Campbell is playing Little League basketball and I'm helping coach his team. And just yesterday we had a game and and we were losing for most of the game and and we had a couple of chances to shoot free throws. You know, and we got home and we we were down by about six or eight points. and, And we got home yesterday and we'd had at least two people step up to the free throw line at some point towards the end of the game and shoot free throws right they got fouled had a chance to shoot and make a free throw now if you've ever played basketball or watched basketball you understand that if you stand behind that line that standard that's drawn and you shoot the basketball and you make it that's worth one point point. and I made this statement well man you know if we had just made those four free throws we would have been really close you know, I knew that we wouldn't have caught them necessarily because if we were down six and we only scored four points, we're still down two. But what if I had said, excuse me, folks, I'm sorry, can I have your attention, I would like for these to count as five points each, right? So just just for the next few minutes, the last three minutes of every game, the free throws are going to count for five points the rest of the game, right? And if we had made just a couple of them, all of a sudden we're winning. But I don't think that I would have been allowed to say that, or at least I might have been allowed to say it before I was quickly escorted from the gym and sent on my way because everybody says, hey, there's a standard. The free throw is worth one point in the game because there's a standard on the road, there's a standard in games, there's standards in this life. But folks, too often there isn't a standard for people here. And I'm not talking about sports, I'm not talking about the road, but I'm talking about in life. In today's society, too often people want to say there is no right or wrong. So there is no right or good way. But again, we've used real world examples and we've used biblical examples. Jesus says in John chapter 12, verses 48 and 49, he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken is the standard. That's not what it says, but it's what he means. The words, the word that I've spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. There is a standard. Jesus says you're not going to be judged by whatever you feel. You're not going to be judged, like it or not, and we like it sometimes and sometimes we don't by whatever the president says for four years or eight years or however long. That's not what you're judged on. That's not what I'm judged on. We're judged on the words of Jesus. When we think about the Old Testament, we think about the words of Jeremiah there. Matthew Henry says in his commentary about seeking the old paths, to ask your fathers and to ask your elders. We read that from Deuteronomy. And Matthew Henry says if you do that, And you will see that the way of godliness and righteousness has always been the way which God has owned and blessed and which men have prospered. That's what the old paths mean. In and of themselves, it's not good or bad, but when it comes to God's way and those types of old paths, and you ask your fathers and elders, then you will see that is the way in which God has always blessed people. And I can't remember if it's actually Matthew Henry's commentary or if we could just say it in general. But ask Adam and ask Eve. Ask Noah if following in the ways of God was the right way. Ask Abraham, ask Gideon, ask Peter, ask Paul. We could go on and on this morning with all sorts of names. Ask your elders, ask your fathers what it meant and whether or not they were blessed and when they walked in the ways of God or not. And there will be some that we could put on this list, and we didn't list everyone, obviously, for time's sake, who would say, I've been blessed when I followed the ways of God and I've been punished or had issues when I did not. People like Moses and others who maybe had a period, David, where they had a period where they didn't do what God said. And then they had issues and they maybe hopefully had time to come back to him. We see in the rest of that verse, Stand in the ways and see, ask for the old paths wherein the good way is and walk in it. And here's the blessing, the blessing of finding it, the blessing of following the word of God, seeking the old paths, walking in them is rest and you can have rest for your souls. Whether you are young or old, it doesn't matter in this life. We're often seeking some sort of rest. We get tired, we get worn out, and whether that's physically or not, that that could be the case. But often mentally, emotionally, we struggle with things here, we bear heavy burdens. God says if you will seek the old paths, if you will walk in them, then you can find rest. We might say then that to seek the old paths to go a little further means that there is a right in a good way. There is a path of righteousness and we can find it and we should follow it and we can have rest. Absolutely, without a doubt, we can find it. We should follow it and we can have rest. The world will tell you otherwise. The world will tell you That it doesn't matter, the world will tell you that you can't know it, but God says differently. To seek the old paths means to seek the paths that are prescribed by the law of God. The written word, the truth, the true standard of time. If we will do that and seek after those things, then we can have that great blessing of rest. If you maybe turned away for just a moment, let's look one more time at Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16. Because one thing here as we conclude this lesson is we need to notice that the choice is yours. The choice is mine. Whether you continue to be a member here, whether or not you move on, whether or not someone passes away, whether or not whatever happens in this lifetime, it's up to me and it's up to you, each one of us, to understand that we have a choice The the verse says, stand in the ways and see, or as the picture tends to depict here, sometimes there is a fork in the road, and we have to stop and determine which is the right way. Now, you look at that picture, and the more I looked at it, I think it may just be a mirror image, right, to try to get the point across, but you've got to do something to try to understand and determine what is the right and the good way. The question this morning is, will you seek the old paths? Will you walk therein, and will you find rest for your soul? Or as I ask you to turn one more time back to that passage, or this morning, will you be as the people, answered Jeremiah and the Lord? You see, this is a great verse, right? It's very encouraging. You should stand in the ways and see. You should seek them. You should walk therein. You should find rest. But the verse ends quite sourly, if we might imagine. But they said, we will not walk in it people said look God straight in the face essentially and said we're not going to do it you know it's easy to stand up here and lament the world and get frustrated at what people do and to sort of blast everyone and say oh this world is so terrible but it's not new even in the days of Jeremiah the people were saying we won't do it so the question is for each one of us this morning will you seek the old paths walk therein and find rest or will you answer and say I'm not going to the world often says I'm not going to, but may we strive to be different. May we strive to follow in the old paths, not because old is simply good or old is simply better, but because we need to seek after and find the right and good way and walk therein and find that rest. Maybe you're here this morning. and You've never done that. You see, when we talk about seeking the ways, the old paths, what we're saying is seeking the ways of God. This is not necessarily old because it's a part of the new covenant. But it is the prescribed path, obeying God's simple plan of salvation. If you're here this morning and you're not a child of God, why not be obedient to God's simple plan of salvation? I'll go ahead and insert here one more time that on Wednesday night in the auditorium, we have been discussing John chapter 3. We did it Wednesday night. God be willing, we'll discuss it again this coming Wednesday night, the new birth with Nicodemus. You must be born again. Somebody says, Preacher That's a waste of time. You put that up there every week, and it's a waste of our our time to finish the lesson. You must be born again. Not my words, but the words of Jesus. If you're here this morning and you're not born again, you're not a Christian, why not consider doing that this day? If you want to know more about what God's word has to say, we put the verses up there, but we would study with you. Open the Bible and examine exactly what God has prescribed to do. Maybe you've done that, but you've wandered away. As we know, we have to continue to walk therein. So many people stop and they turn and they go back towards sin. They stop, they get diverted by something else and they start going the wrong direction. Maybe you need to go back to the prescribed way this morning. If you're here and you're a child of God, you don't have to be baptized time and time again when we mess up. But you can repent of your sins even before a crowd such as this, but certainly before God confess them before him and he is willing and just and faithful to forgive so that you can again walk in the light as he is in the light as john would write there in first john chapter one and verse seven the beauty is no one has to leave worrying about their status with god their relationship if you're concerned if you're worried if you'd like the prayers of the church we would love to encourage you now even now as we stand together and as we sing